you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host. Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, welcome to the show today. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. As always, refer the show to your family, friends, and relatives. Tell them to sign up to the show. Remember, the show is a family. We're also like an MLM. You have to invite five of your other friends. No, I'm just kidding. We're not an MLM. We don't do that stuff. <laughs> so, uh, guys, I hope you're ready. Uh, we always uh, make the joke. I think there's in the intro there something about brain bleed. Today, we're actually not going to be bleeding your brain. We're going to be taming your brain. We're going to have Dr. Libby Kim Karen on the show. Uh, she's going to be talking to us about everything she does and how she does it. And I think you're going to be amazed. And we're going to try and tame your brain. I should have like a little like a little whip sound for like uh, your horse brain that we're trying to tame down brain down, get down. So uh, we're going to try and do that. Anyway, Libby Kim Karen is on the show with us. Dr. Libby. Uh, she's an international coach and TEDx speaker. Help one uh, thousands of clients around the world, massively increase their success in business. She's helped grow her clients uh, worth into multi-million pound companies. She's uh, from the other side of the pond, as we like to call it in Yankeedom here. And she's helped build their businesses from the ground up. Uh, director of Kim Karen Consulting LTD and advisory director to two other companies. She is now sought after consultant to some of the most accomplished companies and organizations in the world, such as Merck Pharmaceutical and the NHS. Uh, she's the creator and award-winning Tame Your Brain Methodology. I don't know, that's really horrible. Uh, we can't afford we can't afford sound effects on the show. Uh, methodology, and uh, she helps coaches and CEOs and individual solo entrepreneurs around the globe. Welcome to the show, Dr. Libby. How are you? Well, I'm having the best time already, just from the whip sounds. I mean, that was that was brilliant. You like that? You like that? I, I, can I, I hire you to just come and do that every time I speak somewhere? Which it's not even a good. It's not even a good sound. Which I think is the funny part of it. It's really a poor sound effect. It is a good attempt, Chris. It's good. Hi, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yes. So, welcome to the show. We really appreciate you coming by. Thanks for coming by today. Hi. We are all here, all the way in sunny England. Just, yeah, getting through a very interesting time with everything changing with all of the Queen and the King. So we, we're, we're sort of a bit discombobulated, Chris, got to be honest. There you go. There you go. Well, we're all just, uh, we're doing the podcast here from what they call the queue. Uh, you know, sometimes people watch your videos uh, 10, 12 years from now. So if you don't know what the queue is, people are queuing up to pay respects to uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, who passed away recently, sadly. And uh, so uh, we're just standing here in the line at the queue. I think we're by Big Ben right now. If you might hear a dong or two, does the the Big Ben dong? Do I even have the right sound effects this morning or what? 
<laughs> it's a really interesting time though because people rely so much on stability and they rely so much on constancy in their lives yeah. that when something massive shifts at a societal level it shifts at a personal level too and that creates this huge knock-on effect in mm. in your mood in your emotions and and we we've seen already coming through the last couple of years of the pandemic to now you know there's been so many shift in how we go to school how we go to work how we like this sort of thing is now normalized right yeah. before it was like the weird geeky kids did podcasts yeah. now every, and, every man and his dog's got a podcast yeah. right? and even that you know it turns out that god save the queen didn't even work in the end so there's that uh so, god bless the queen uh god save the queen well we, somebody needs to take it up with god because uh, uh he didn't save her long enough i mean she could have lived another 10 years i think she did fairly well though she did really good i mean what a life uh so give us your dot com so people can find you on the interwebs and get to know more about you as we chat yeah, it's it's my ridiculous surname chris it's kemkaren.com and it's it's so important to have a presence on media these days. Everyone needs a website, right? But I still struggle with the where do I put my my website material, my blog material? There's, there's so many places these days. It's got so busy on the internet. It's really exciting to still be doing podcasts, though. And I love the fact they're almost growing as a result of people being in the listening mode, listening more due to the pandemic. I think it's really it's a, a fantastic medium for people to get quality information from we loved it we really changed the format of the show uh when coronavirus started and we really loved it we got it started getting great authors on and people from news facilities and people uh people that we normally didn't really reach out to um and it was kind of great we had a trapped audience who had nothing better to do but listen to us and uh <laughs> try and entertain them and then uh, we we got just uh, incredible quality of guests on the show so uh the byline on your uh website is tame your brain i alluded to that in the joke with a sort of thing uh so talk to us about uh you know more about what you do and how you do it there's two brains there's there's the brain that we know we're using the the conscious mm -hmm. brain the one that you you sit there and you rationally think i shall do this thing but this subconscious brain is so much more powerful. It's five mm. times faster and five times stronger. And the trouble is most of our decisions come from this subconscious layer. We don't even know it's operating. Mm. So you might say to yourself in all your wisdom, I should go to the gym today. And, yeah, you should, right? We, we know the reasons. It's logical. We mm. know the reasons of uh, yeah, I'll get fit, it'll be great for my body, and, you know, I'll be slim and lovely. But then your subconscious brain is chirping up in the background going, yeah, but you'll also get hot and you'll sweat and then you'll need to shower and it's a time cost and it's a money cost and, and it's going to hurt a bit because you haven't been for a while. And so if those are, are pushing against each other, guess what? You stay pinned to that sofa and you don't mm -hmm. go to the gym. So, you know, anything we think we're doing in life or not doing is a combination of those two brains working together and that's where people need to know more about how to be the one in the driving seat because we think we're in control. We're not. Mm -hmm. It's our subconscious brain gripping the wheel and going, ah, driving us off into Death Valley. So it's, it's this understanding of your nervous system and the energetics of that that mm -hmm. gives you that power to actually then achieve the things you want to achieve. So your job is to help people tame their brain. So get that brain under control. I have more than two brains, though. Wait, is that personalities? I think my psychiatrist says it's personalities. I'll make civil. There's about 10 there that they can count so far. The other four are hiding. Um, 
<laughs> I just made that up. I like that. Um, so uh, what are some of the ways that you help people uh, tame their brain? Uh, I know you speak and you do other things. Yeah, so I do a lot of speaking. I speak at uh, corporates. I speak on conference stages. I also do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of masterclasses where I bring people into a, a little container and we just go nuts for an hour on, on specific tools that you can use. But one of the biggest things, Chris, is understanding which brain you funnily enough you said you've, you've got four there are actually four types of thinking styles oh. that we talk about yeah and those are the big cats so i profile people and finding out whether you're a cheetah lion leopard or tiger is one of the first really big pieces of kit that you can do to work out how to be the best version of you because the the four types are really different and they're quite distinct we're not one of any we're usually a blend but the one that's in control is actually really powerful so if you're a cheetah, for example, you're 70 miles an hour or stop, you're gunning down after that gazelle, but then you get a little bit distracted and another gazelle flashes across your sight line and you go, oh, bright, shiny thing over here. And so these people have like three brilliant ideas in the shower every morning, then follow through precisely none of them because they get bored as soon as it turns into hard work. Oh, so their yeah. challenges are always about follow through. They're great at starting. They start all the brilliant projects but then they get distracted. Or you might be a lion. Lions are in the pride. They live together, hunt together, sleep together. People are really important mm. to lion brains because they want that connection. They're all about, I only exist if you can see me. I only matter if I can help you. So they're all about connectivity and collaboration. So I get the feeling you might be a little mix of, of those two. And the, the lion heart is, is a very powerful one because it's, it's really valid in this day and age because what are we doing now? We're all about connectivity, right? Mm -hmm. And so... This idea of connecting tribes is is what uh, a podcast host does. And so lions are a really strong force in the world right now. But oh, then good. the opposite of that is tiger brain, which is all about data, precision, oh. that clinical, that risk averse. They get seen as being really negative and pessimistic. They're not. They're just risk averse. So they're at mm. the back, like rubbing their chin. Like they're the last to adopt anything, whereas the cheetahs are straight in there and the lions do it because they love the person. The, the tiger sits and watches and goes, nah. You've, you've uh -huh. got to prove yourself to me. And which, then, is, which is the one that eats everybody? That's me. <laughs> Depends on, on how hangry you are, Chris, all of us. I'm using, I mean, look at me. I was born hungry. <laughs> you haven't done the go to the gym bit then. You're not, you're not bought in. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know, there's there's that. I mean, you know, I do the best I can. And I think I cut you off for the last one, right? The last one's leopard. So the leopard is always last. Oh, and okay. it's, quite, it's quite ironic. The other bits are so much more important. The leopard sits and she, she's in her tree and she's watching. And she's seeing the cheetah gunning after the gazelles and she's going, I wish I was that fast. And she's seeing the lion connecting and going, I wish I could talk to people like they do. And I'm not that extra. And they're watching the tigers going, wow, you're so clever. Because the, the leopard doesn't have as much of an ego as this other end of the grid. And so uh -huh. the leopard is that kinesthetic, that just feel it in your body. They, they just know, but they don't trust themselves enough to move. They don't like designing from a blank sheet of paper. So they, they always watch others, but they're incredibly loyal and they're all about connectivity and contract and context so they want to help others so depending on which of these four you are you self-sabotage in different ways you trip yourself up in different ways and you you, you motivate yourself in different ways so learning that's how i help people first mm -hmm. is learn what your brain is doing because it's yeah. wiring it's up here behind your eyes and it's like software i don't know that sounds like a team effort like you know they're working together as a team to sabotage me i mean is that a good thing this is what's <laughs> So this is where when you bring it into a big company and I go in as a peak performance consultant to some big guys like my pharmaceutical and when you understand what your colleague's brain is doing, mm. you stop hating them quite as much because they're not like you. 
you know, we mm. all see the world as everyone should think like I do, because obviously sure. that's everyone should see the world as I see it, but we don't. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I've worked with some colleagues that their brains aren't working. <laughs> that's a problem too. That's, but, that's uh, a slight issue. They, their brains, they don't even have brains to be tamed. No, I'm just being mean. That's not true. Uh, maybe, maybe a little bit, just a little bit. So, uh, I see in your website, you have several different programs for taming your brain. Uh, it looks like they're trademarked. Talk to us about some of the things you have there. You got business edition, big cat brain, yeah. uh, money magnet experience, Trinity flow and academy. Talk, talk to us about some of these different things that you offer on your website. So the tame your brain academy is where I can help you for the long term as the, buddy in your back pocket because mm. this is like this is like going to the gym or having a shower it wears off you know any any self-development work we do unless you're regularly refreshing repeating you you return to your set point you know <laughs> and we we try and dial it up don't we and then we go oh for this week i shall be all the things and stop drinking and do this and do and then you go actually it's a bit dull and <laughs> you go back to exactly where yeah, you, you go back to the drinking yeah well, that's fridays around here friday today's friday okay and so when we we try to make lasting change, there are actually four steps, and that's what the word tame spells out. Uh, so tame your brain is a, is a methodology and it's an actual system for creating lasting oh. change. And oh. so those four steps are what I then walk people through in the Tame Your Brain Academy over a period of time. So there's regular repeated trainings, there's drop-in sessions, there's recorded material you can access, and that works like a, a membership. So that's my ongoing membership so people can come and walk with me for more than a year i've had some people that have been with me for four or five years and mm -hmm. developed along the way or you can come and do a drop-in group training so my next one is flow and flow is is the one that has all the big cat business brains in it and mm -hmm. it's all about this flow state that elite athletes know how to access mm -hmm. they know how to get to this elevated levels of performance and what I love about working with athletes is you can see when it works because the high jump bar raises higher, you know, you can mm. see cause the time shortens. And so when we, and they call it getting in the zone, but when we go into this flow state, we're actually using our brain and our body, like the machine that it's designed to be. So we've, we've dialed everything up to peak performance. Everything's at an 11 and suddenly you can achieve so much more. You just become so much more effective and productive. That's those are the key things. So the, the programs that I run, like Flow, like Trinity, they all focus on different aspects. Some are about your money experience. So we've all got a money blueprint. So we've all got a set answer. If I say the phrase money is, your brain is already answering it. Hmm. So the gaps, depending on your conditioning and what your magical big people said to you when you were young, it might be money is hard work. Money is the root of all evil. I hear that one a lot. Uh, Money causes more trouble than it's worth, you know, uh, more money than oh. sense. Whatever your parents chirped at you, money doesn't grow on trees. You know, that's oh. hiring. That's programming that's in there. And so you then spend the rest of your life following that programming unless you decide to change it, which is what I do a lot of with entrepreneurs that are setting up business because a money story is really important in getting your business up and running. It's really interesting how people have, uh, you know, the, those things they put down for money. Uh, you know, my mom always used to use the excuse when we were checking out at the, at the, uh, counter of the store, you know, we'd always, you know, we were, we were constantly peppering her with, can we buy this? You know, and it's some sugar based cereal that 
is is really just a pound of sugar in a box, really. And you know, we're hustling her. You know, can we have frosted flakes? And she's like, no, because she doesn't want to lose her mind with us bouncing off the walls, uh, sugar crack binge. And uh, you know, so she would always use the excuse, you know, we don't have enough money. And uh, you know, my parents were rich, but you know, she that that was the excuse she always give. We don't have enough money. We don't have it's not in the you know. And so we're always like, gee, mom doesn't have enough money. I guess we don't have enough money and we and you know i think we connected that on early on with our brains and you know parents sometimes don't intend things sometimes they're just trying to you know get rid of you so they can get out of your, you can get out of their house sort of thing but uh, at least mine did uh <laughs> but uh no it's interesting people the the tie downs that they have towards money that's interesting you have that a lot where people have like money yes. is the root of all evil and stuff like that i, I imagine some people were raised that way too yeah, and that's the most misquoted quote in the history of the world of quotes because it's mm. the love of money is the root of all evil. But everyone's um, truncated it and made it that money is evil. Money isn't. Money is a nothing. Money is a piece of paper with a, a number on it or a, uh, a figure on a, on a digital screen these days. But people mm. still have all this heat around it. And so they carry it around with them as a blueprint that they view the world through that lens. So yeah. we have to we have to go back. We have to unwire that and we have to rewire a more healthy you know, positive belief set because beliefs are like a, a tabletop on, on legs. You need a minimum of three pieces of evidence for a belief to be solid. So oh, really? when, whenever we believe something, it's because we've got proof. And so you can't change that unless you replace, you kick away the old legs, collapse that old belief, and you've got to build a new one. You've got to start with things that your brain can believe. Otherwise, the, the BS alarm goes off in your ear. You know, if you say something, there's a lot of books out there telling you just Say your affirmations. Just, just say I'm a millionaire, and it, and, you know, it doesn't work like that. Because as soon as you say something that's not true, your brain goes woo woo, <laughs> and it shuts you down. Because if you can derail yeah. it with a thought, because if you say I'm a millionaire, your brain goes, well, no, you're not. <laughs> it's done in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I tried affirmations when I was really young. It was kind of like the Saturday Night yeah. Live thing. I don't know if you guys yeah. ever saw it over there, but there was the, there was the one guy who eventually became a senator for us here. I forget his name, but he would, he would, uh, I think it was Jack Handy or something, but he would, he would sit in front of the mirror and go, I'm a good person. People like me. And <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of that sort of thing. And yeah, it didn't really fix things. Cause you know, then you, you go right back into, uh, you know, the brain mode that you're normally in, yes. you know, later and you just go right back to robot R2D2. You've, you've done a lot of interesting things where, uh, you've, you've, uh, studied, uh, different behavioral, uh, psychology and neuroassociative conditioning, yeah. uh, while you were at, uh, Cambridge, I should yep. say, Wilts, you were at Cambridge, according to the, your bio here, because, you know, you're from London, Wilts, <laughs> we managed to make that, uh, thing. we had a, we had a number of people, I think, Cambridge. Do you not say Wilts? Is that huh? a lot of words? Do you not say Wilts? Uh, that's very, that's very Englishy. <laughs> that's so funny is english a word i don't know it guess. is now we just yeah. made one we've got a lot of great people from cambridge and oxford on the show a lot of oxford people they're really brilliant people over there uh but they're really stuffy when they come on the show they're not quite they're not too fun but uh you know we we, we deal with them but uh, so you've done a lot of behavioral psychology study and and knowledge and stuff um so this is really great because you i imagine you incorporate a lot of it into your coaching yeah, the study of the brain was actually first triggered when I went to a Tony Robbins conference. Mm. And I'm sure you know Tony Robbins. Everyone knows Tony Robbins now. And I was a little baby 
city worker at the time. But mm. what was different about this conference was it was the same week that 9-11 happened. So I was in Hawaii with 2,000 Americans when the Twin Towers went down. And that was a life-changing moment for me where you and I was with people who had people in the towers and there was someone on my team who lost her fiance mm. to that disaster. And it literally changed my life because you stand there and you, you watch this event unfold in it, the massive proportions that it did. And it's quite chilling being here, you know, almost exactly what we're now, 21 years later. And it's, it still reverberates around the world, doesn't it? It still is oh, yeah. so impactful. But it had a really personal impact on me because it made me realise that life is so short. Mm-hmm. And if you're not living to your fullest nth degree every day, what are you doing? Like, what are you waiting for? And what is it that's going to take you to realise if this all gets taken away, what will I regret not doing? What will I be there going, I can't I can't go yet because I haven't X, Y, Z. You know, it's not my time because this didn't, I, I haven't written the book. I haven't, you know, all of those things that you think there's time for, there might not be. There might not be any time at all. We never know when our invisible timer is going to run out. And that event just made a switch flick in me and I literally got back off the plane, went home and started phoning around trying to get into a vet school because I was determined to do this thing that I just held up as a, oh, I would like to do one day. And it was whilst I, and I, I did, I got I got into vet school and whilst I was there at vet school, um, Cambridge are bastards, I'm sure they're, they're just like doing it to spices, but they make you do two degrees while you're there. So I ended up doing, I had to pick another degree. Serious? Yeah, seriously. So I was just like, I just want to be a vet. And they're like, nope, you have to do something else. And I'm like, but what's the point? Nope. And I tried everything I could to get out of it, couldn't get out of it. So I grudgingly picked this degree that was called behavior, biological and biomedical sciences behavior. And there was this piece in it, which was neural mechanisms of behavior Mm -hmm. and neonatal physiology and development part. And so looking at how babies' brains form, combining that with how behavior works, I suddenly went, oh, my God, this is fascinating. And it blew my head off. It was so exciting to understand why people do what they do. And that actually put my feet on the path. So when five years later, I qualified as a vet and I was really happy as a vet. And then one night I was driving home from work and it was late and it was foggy. And I stopped at this temporary traffic light that had just been put up at the top of this hill. And I was sort of gazing around out the window and then bang, out the backside, a car hadn't known the lights were there, ran into the back of me. And because my head was turned, it damaged C2 to C6 in my neck. Suddenly I couldn't oh, wow. do surgery anymore. Wow. So suddenly I, all this that I'd worked for, for, like I'd been working for 10 years to get to the point where I was this vet that I dreamed of. Oh, wow. Taken away in a heartbeat. And so I suddenly had this moment of like, I can't, I'm, I'm no longer able to do this job that I love so much. Mm-hmm. What do I do now? So I had to reinvent myself. And so I took all of my neural mechanisms knowledge. I took all of my experience of leading people and training people in the workplace and I put them together. And so I came up with the Tame Your Brain program of how to create lasting change for you, how to reinvent yourself, how to be the best version of yourself. And Tame Your Brain was born. That's awesome. What a beautiful story. I mean, it's a it's a challenging story, but we go through these cathartic times in our life where we're presented with challenges, uh, life-changing events, and uh, we have to find sometimes a new path. And so that's a great story for, you know, you overcoming the adversity there. 
yeah, it was hard work. I've got to be mm. honest. There were very, very dark days where you, when you've lost everything, you realize what's important. You do. Yeah. And when yeah. you've got to that, that low point and I was in chronic pain for um, a long time and it, and it was exhausting to try and do any, I, I, I fought hard. I tried to be a vet for the following year, but you know, I'd do one day vetting and end up flat on my back for three. And it was just like, I can't do this. Wow. I'd also at the time, sadly broken up from a 20 year marriage and mm-hmm. I had a six-month-old baby when the car crash happened. Oh, wow. So wow. it was, yeah, so it was, I was on my own trying to survive. So I had to dig deep. I had to pull out all, every ounce of resilience that I had. And I, and I realized then there are, there are things that you can do. There are ways that you can, you can create your own power. You can, you can elevate yourself to a level of functionality that other humans would not believe possible. You can deliberately turn that dial if you know how and there if you know how is the biggest part yeah, yeah. and that's when i realized i'm going to write this down i'm going to capture this into a system and that that was the 10 year brain system which is four steps to creating this lasting change which then allows you to operate at peak performance level there you go well you've lived it i mean that's a that's a great story of survivability you know we we all go through these changes in life and i'm sure maybe you help a lot of people in these moments where we go through cathartic changes. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody has a free run through life where they're not presented with problems that at the time are seemingly um, out of their ability to deal with them. And you, you have to find a way to survive. You have to find a way to adapt. Um, you know, I've been through those in my life where, you know, your whole identity sometimes gets stripped away from you or what you think is your identity. And uh, then you know, in those moments of uh, of clarity of losing everything, you find out who you really are and and the core of 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 who you really are, and then you build on that and and you rediscover you're probably a better person in the long run for it. And you, you look back at some of those times, and you go, that wasn't that big of a deal, and uh, I got through it and I lived. So, what's I think next? The biggest thing is we always fear what's going to happen to us in life but actually the fear isn't the event itself it's can i handle it mm-hmm. and when you drill it down to that can i handle this you know can i hold this now as it feels now in the intensity now and know that i'm still going to be okay even when i've lost my identity i've lost my physical health i've lost you know i've lost my marriage i've lost that 2.4 kids destiny that i thought i had in my life even when everything is gone yes I am still okay. And that's, that's the resilience piece. And that's the, the, the growth piece and understanding that, as you say, who you were then (laughs) is never who you are now. Right. And there's always this constant evolution, this constant and never ending growth, which Mm -hmm. is if you understand that you're, you're on this line and there's, as I am now and where I want to be, how do I close that gap? There you go. In a nutshell, that's what I help people do is close the gap between what do you want and where are you now? That's incredibly insightful. So you've been nominated three times in eight months. You've won Entrepreneur of the Year in 2021 and uh, your finals for Digital Women 2022 and on the 50 Women to Watch shortlist for 2022. Uh, you offer a free uh, alignment test. Talk to us about what that is and uh, some of the different people that might uh, work for that. So alignment is a funny thing. <laughs> this is a word that I see misused all over the tinterweb there's a lot of chatter about oh you must be in alignment you must be in alignment what 
because you're already in alignment. You you just might be in alignment with a destiny that doesn't match your goals. So let's take health because this is a really common one that people have challenges with. If your goal is to be healthy, there are certain tasks you need to do. As soon as you stop doing those tasks, you align with a different destiny. It's as simple as that. So you are in alignment, but you've aligned over here. Mm-hmm. Whereas if where you want to go is here, you have to align here. You have to change those habits to here. You have to change those tasks to here. If you don't do that, you're not in alignment with that outcome. You're in alignment with something else. So when we talk about an alignment test, what we're saying is, where are you out of whack at the moment? Where is it that you've got? Is it mind, body, soul? What layer are we talking about? Because that mind, body, soul, that trinity is so important. And when we are feeling spiky, when we're feeling a little bit maladjusted, when we're feeling a little bit that something is off here and I just keep getting in my own way and I don't understand why. Sometimes it's as simple as a money belief mm-hmm. or it might be a limiting belief of this is as good as it gets. I can't hope for anything better. Wow. And sometimes that literally holds people stuck where they are and they can't get free. So I do a lot of work with people that are saying, I just, I just want to manifest this thing. I just want to manifest this. And they misunderstood this, this law of attraction, this, the secret, this, you know, there's been a lot of chat about that as well. And they've, they've just got a couple of bits wrong because it starts here. It starts with what you believe. If you mm-hmm. say to yourself, I'm a millionaire and you don't believe that, don't say it. It's not going to work. It's, not, it's never going to change that wiring layer. You've got to start there and unwire the bits that are holding you back. And usually that is limiting beliefs and you're in alignment with something else. So if you have like a vision board, I always hear these people that use vision boards. They put up a big vision board. You still got to change your core belief systems, right? Yes. The vision board helps with that because what we see, we feel. So emotion drives motion is the other way to think about it. This is the think, feel, do complex. So whatever we think creates a cascade of biochemistry, which washes through your body. And that's what we call a feeling an emotion. So when we feel something in our body, it often doesn't have a word attached to it because that part of your brain, your limbic system doesn't have a language center. So we have to move it to language for us to move it beyond a feeling before it becomes a do, before it becomes an action. Mm. So we move it. The Broca's area in the brain is the speech area. So we have to move it to right brain. We have to feel it emotionally. So that's why a vision board is helpful, because when you see it, like, say, on my vision board, for example, I've got um, a couple of things. But my, my biggest thing has been the house the house and so the house is up there and every time i see that i deliberately trigger my neurology to feel the feelings that i'd feel as i walk through that door to feel the feelings that i feel as i wake up and draw the curtains that morning to feel the feelings as i step into that glorious rainfall shower with the massive head and the little jets out the wall to feel the feelings as i invite my friends in because i'm a lion brain as well because i want them all everyone must be around me bring all my friends in bring my kids friends in all the big sleepovers in the garden in the treehouse feel the feelings as if it is now And that does something really complex, which is makes your neurology believe it's happening. Your brain knows no difference between your vision of the future and your memory of what you had for breakfast yesterday. They're both pictures. The only reality is actually now. That's pretty darn insightful. Yeah. So when you realize that you can create a picture and your brain goes, really? Okay. And then your brain starts looking for ways to make that happen. Because what it's got now is a train track to the future that wasn't there before. And now you can look for points along the way. So you may not be in the big house yet, but you might now be looking in estate agent's windows and going, is that the one? Is that the one? Is that the one? Your brain starts questing for you mm-hmm. because you've just delivered it a destination. So that's where vision boards are so powerful in wow. creating the neuropsychology of success around it. There you go. 
There you go. That's that's the greatest explanation of vision boards and and uh, putting yourself in that kind of. Uh, I know a, a lot of athletes do that. They put themselves in. They see themselves in the act. They see themselves going through. You know, like if they're Olympian, they see themselves going through the race, and they they paint the vision in their heads so they know how it goes, and uh, that seems to really work for them. Yeah, athletes have nailed this. Athletes were the first to nail this. So flow state was a theory until we invented functional MRI technology, which can see the blood flow change in your brain as you think of thought. And so we can see what happens when an athlete visualizes themselves on the podium with that gold medal going around their neck and it fires up the dopaminergic neurons in the brain. Suddenly it got really exciting. This happened about 15 years ago. And so the, the, the pivotal book called Flow was written about 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. the, the technology to say it actually is a thing only happened about 15 years ago and suddenly the world went, wow. So I'm a flow consultant. So what I help people to do is to get in flow and stay there, to be able mm-hmm. to access this peak state and to really utilize that in their life. And that changes the game completely because what we love about athletes when we do see the bar raises, we've got proof then. So that's proof for the belief system of, yeah, this works. That is awesome. That's one of the best explanations I've ever heard for that. Uh, I remember, I think I read the book Flow. Who wrote that book? Mikha- um, Mihaly Zikzentmihaly. I think I remember either reading it or uh, studying it. But yeah, we've had a lot of different. We've had. It's near me. I'll see. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, we've had Mihaly. the uh, we've had athletes on Olympic yeah. trainers on the show who've yeah. uh, talked about you know that state of flow and everything else. Uh, what haven't we touched on that you do for your people and clients and, and things that they're on your website. Yeah. One of the biggest things that I do, and obviously it costs a lot more to work with me one-to-one than it does to do one of my group programs, but the one-to-one work is really deep. So I work with some, I work with people in senior government positions. I work with people that are heads of pharmaceutical companies. I work with some sort of senior C-suite executives in different corporations, but I also work with very, very normal, very human people that have just had enough of feeling bad and they're ready to make a shift and they've had enough of feeling that they're somehow missing something and they're ready to move to a a peak version of themselves and we release trauma we go through a closed eye process which gets your conscious brain to sit back down and shut up for a bit and we talk direct to your subconscious brain and we pull out these bits that are holding you back because Mm -hmm. there's always something we call it entanglement you get a hook and so something that's happened to you then wires to something else and what wires together fires together and once that software's wired the electricity keeps running in this crazy eight and so you know oh i feel bad so i'll stop doing the things oh now i feel like i haven't achieved much so i feel bad so i'll stop doing the things and it becomes a self-fulfilling vicious circle so when people are ready to change and they're willing to put their money on the table and say make this happen we make it happen so working one-to-one is a much deeper relationship obviously um we get to explore those bits, the demons that are perhaps locked and loaded in there. And we, we literally change that. We change the way because nothing has any meaning other than the meaning you've given it. And mm-hmm. if you change the meaning, you can change the event. So we go back, we do timeline therapy. We do um, complex PTSD release. We do EFT. Really? A lot of modalities that we use to, to break through that. But again, the most basic thing we do is we start with a profile <laughs> and we start with that deep understanding. Are you cheetah, lion, leopard or tiger? Because so much comes back to that and yeah. how you see the world comes from that frame. 
I think the timeline PTSD thing is kind of interesting. You mentioned trauma and it's interesting to me how many people we've had on the show and talking about the traces of trauma and how childhood trauma can really affect your whole life. And it can uh, make, you know, it can really get the whole arc of your life. And so a lot of people don't deal with that or resolve that. Um, and uh, it, it's something they really need to take care of. It's very sad that there are so many incidents where people have boxed it. They've lidded it. And they've mm-hmm. just said, just let's just get on. Let's just pretend it's not there. Your brain knows. And a lovely phrase, Bessel van der Kolb, your body keeps the score. You know, your body holds that. And it comes out in other ways. And the saddest thing is, I mean, a lot of people who have tried a lot of different therapists and a lot of different talking therapies. And the reason I'm a coach, not a therapist, because I looked at qualifying as a, as a counselor or a therapist, but talking alone doesn't cut it for me. And talking alone isn't as good as getting in there and ripping out the wiring that's causing those loops. So the, the action-based coaching is what I love. And I, I have had beautiful clients of mine say you've given me my life back and it, it i find it so it's such a blessing to be able to help these people that have been stuck for so long mm. and they've you know they've tried all the things they bought all the books and they're still stuck and then we do a couple of deep sessions closed eye work and it's gone and i love there you that go. there you go that's awesome this has been so inspiring and so fulfilling uh, anything more you want to touch on before we go out I just, I want to, I want to give people hope. I want to say to people, there's always, there's always another way you can do things. Don't ever quit. Don't ever think that you've tried everything (laughs) and don't ever think that you can only keep getting in your own way for the rest of your life because there are proven strategies. There's science-based things and we blend the science with the woo, with the spirituality part of, you know, coming back to source, coming back to who you really are. So please reach out. If anyone here wants help, if anyone wants to do their profile, I'd be so honored to, to help and walk with you as you change. There you go. And you offer a free discovery uh, call too as well. Yes, I've limited one of those uh, a week. But what we also do is a round table once mm-hmm. a fortnight, which is where you come on with me and a small group and we troubleshoot what's going on and we give you some solutions to take away with. So that you can, if you can go to my website, kimcaron.com and do the free alignment test there, and then it will offer you a place on my round table. Awesome sauce. And people can get to know you better and everything else. And you help people all around the world. So this is uh, great for anybody, wherever they are. Uh, thank you, Dr. Libby, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. It's been an absolute delight. Lovely to talk to you. Awesome sauce. Uh, give us the .com one more time as we go out. So it's kemcaron.com. It's just my ridiculous surname. <laughs> there you go. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Go to youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Our big uh, 122, it's 130,000 now LinkedIn group and the LinkedIn newsletter. Check that out as well and subscribe to it. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>